Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Inspired by the Word Times of Devotion. Right now, we're going to be speaking in tongues for the next 15 minutes. Now, I'd like to read us the scripture, which was the scripture. First Timothy 2. From verse 1 to 4. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Praise God. Right now, we're going to be praying with this scripture in mind and weaponizing our prayer. We're going to be declaring that there are more harvesters, hallelujah, and more laborers in the harvest of the Lord at this time. We're also going to be declaring throughout this week as um, in, in, in the whole of the Love World Nation, there's the campaign for the everyday is so Every day we need so that we're going to be meeting people whose hearts are ready. So the five billion people we're going to be winning, we're going to be taking for the rapture. We're going to be meeting them in these days. And as we bring the word of God to them, they are going to receive it and they will give their lives to Christ. And these ones will run with a desire to serve God all their lives. Hallelujah. So we're going to be praying for these two things. That they are laborers and the hearts of the people are ready. Let's go ahead. And you unmute yourself. Let's speak in other tongues. Rabbi, 
Thank <laughs> you. 
how will the people hear if them if there be no one sent to preach to them? Liko Sonto Kobranda Kabarada, Rikabaros Kikaba, Ruta Kabarada, Bonjeki Kabaya, Lenge Sekitikibaya. Father, we thank you, Hallelujah. The laborers are being forced out. They are being pushed out into your harvest, oh sweet Holy Ghost. Liko Sondo Kopele Gido Koskavila Vrakatishda. Liko Nantuzani Makatola Makorabashatakabaya. Lord, we thank you, oh God. Yes, the hearts of the people are ready. Yikapana Matose Kikabaya. Yekerebo Sotokobaya. For this is the appointed time. Time. Five billion souls, five billion souls, five billion souls at the rapture, five billion souls at the rapture. We take five billion souls with us. Katabala bashike debaya, liko borodo kobozo tu, libra raga bashite kebaya, yekere bozo tokobaya, lava shota kebaya, maleki kabala raba sata. There's a sudden boldness upon everyone, liberal, liku sakata yalamanda kebaya to preach the gospel, lika sakata yalamande, eseki kaka kabonde, eliko soto kobara, libra raga skobelegida, libra bashata kebaya. 
Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. Five billion souls. Five billion souls. Five billion souls. Kata kabaya la basota kabaya. Likabaya la basota kabaya. Yes, makata ya la basota. The eyes of the people. Hallelujah. Aropu makasoto kabaya. The blindness that covered it before has fallen off. Hallelujah. It has fallen off. Hallelujah. Likasata kabaya. No mother, the devil have control over these ones. Hallelujah. We kerebo sonto kabranda kabaya. But the scales have fallen off of their eyes. The blindness is gone of them. Hallelujah. Likosoto kabaya. Now they see, now they understand. And the levels, hallelujah, are taking advantage of every opportunity, of every opportunity. Not leaving any man to chance, not leaving any one to chance. Thank you, precious Father. Yes, hallelujah. We fulfill our callings. We are reposed our callings to win souls into the kingdom. Yes, hallelujah. We bless your holy name, O oh God. Thank you, Jesus, for the abundant harvest. Thank you, Jesus, for the abundant harvest of souls. Even in this week, Oh, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For we know that it is the power of God unto salvation. Therefore, we preach it everywhere. We preach it everywhere. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God, praise God. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connecting from at this time. And we'll continually declare that more souls are coming into the kingdom of God. As we pray here every morning, take advantage of it. Yesterday night, I want someone to Christ. I want the cab driver to Christ. Take advantage of every opportunity that you have. Don't leave it. Five billion souls, we are going with them. Five billion souls at the rapture. Not just people that head. Five billion souls that we are converted to Christ. Hallelujah. And we are going with them. We are going with them and we are the workforce we are the army hallelujah praise the lord hallelujah welcome to this time of devotions inspired by the word global times of devotion i'm super excited every time to take these prayers praise the lord thank you so much esteemed sister amaka for this opportunity to always lead these prayers over to you right now ma Thank you so much, Pastor Deborah. And indeed, five billion souls for the Lord. Amen. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And welcome once again to our time of devotion. Today, we're going to be... Today's Monday, 22nd of February, and it says, you are what you say. You are what you say. And I'm reading from Mark chapter 11 and verse 23. He said, For very I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. Your life is the submission of the words that come out of your mouth. Our opening verse emphasizes the importance of framing your life with your words. 
That's the most beautiful natural gift from God to man, the gift of words, the ability to speak and make words. Life produces for you a harvest of what you say. And here, there's no middle ground. As a Christian, you must keep talking. If you want to live in health, talk health. If you want to walk in righteousness and always produce works of righteousness, then talk righteousness. Every so often, consciously declare, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I produce works and fruits of righteousness. You have to say it to live it, you might say. What if I haven't been saying anything? What will my life be like? You still have a harvest. Unfortunately, it will be the wrong one. It's like leaving a garden unattended. Weeds will definitely grow of their own accord. Keep yourself in victory, dominion, and prosperity with your words. God already did all that's necessary for you to have and enjoy life in Christ to the full through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's your responsibility now to keep things that way, and it's mainly by your confession. Always affirm that you have a great life. I have a great life. Declare that you've been called to glory and virtue, a life of power and moral excellence. Make these declarations every day. There isn't anything you don't have. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 21 and 2 Peter 1 and verse 3. And there isn't anything you can do, Philippians 4, 13. Therefore, always declare abundance, supernatural provisions, strength, possibilities, and victories, and your life will go in that direction only. Thank you, Lord, for the word. Hallelujah. And today's devotional is as simple as we have read. Whatever your life would be, it's in your mouth. Where your life will go, it's in your mouth. What you would enjoy, what you would have, it's in your mouth. So ensure that you're saying what you want to see. Irrespective of what it is, and irrespective of the habits that you think that you are dealing with. You would deal with them for as long as you are quiet about talking in that direction. If you're going to see it, you have to say it. And you're going to have to say it repeatedly until you return with the testimony that you desire. So make up your mind today that you would always have testimonies. And your life will always be inspiring. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Um, over to you, Sister Joy, for the further scripture and the confession. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ma. Thank you so much, Ma, for the opportunity. Good morning, Ma. Greetings, everyone. I'll be taking the further study, Hebrews 11.3. It says, through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Matthew 12.36-37. 
But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. Hallelujah. Right now, I'm going to be taking the confession. It's on the screen. You don't have to unmute your mic. So we can take it together while your mic is muted. The glory of God is revealed in me today. His wisdom is seen and heard in me. As I walk in the word and produce fruits of righteousness, I'm supernaturally enabled and supplied Nothing missing or broken in my life. I'm full of strength because Christ is in me. He's my glory, my righteousness, wisdom, success, and prosperity. Blessed be his name forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother Zia for the New Testament reading of the One Year Bible Plan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on where you're connecting from. Thank you so much, Sister Amaka, for this wonderful opportunity. For these wraps of these sessions, you know, prior to now, I didn't even really know how significant the sessions are. Until we had the Rhapsody Convention in my Zone yesterday. And, you know, the Rhapsody is basically, is God speaking to us every day by the man of God for the season. Pastor has been declared the man of God for the season, the prophet of the season. And every day as we read the Rhapsody, is words we, we are to run with, words of prophecy that will handle different situations in our life. So it's so it's so interesting that we're doing this every day and I've seen the significance has become so much clear to me after yesterday's meeting in my zone. So we're going into the New Testament um, Bible reading, which is Mark. We have been reading the book of Mark and um, we're reading the message translation. The message translation has been um, a very interesting read. So the caption for today, we're reading Mark chapter five, a risk of faith. Um, sorry, I'm getting some background noise. I hope my co-host, um, is he okay? All right. A risk of faith. After Jesus crossed over by boats, a large crowd met him at the seashore side. One of the meeting place leaders named Jairus came. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his knees beside himself as he begged. My daughter is at death's door. Come and lay hands on her so she will get well and leave. Jesus went with him, the whole crowd tagging along, pushing and jostling him. A woman who had suffered a condition of hemorrhaging for 12 years, a long succession of physicians had treated her and treated her badly, taking all her money and leaving her worse off than before. Heard about Jesus, she slipped in from behind and touched his robe. She was thinking to herself, if I can put a finger on his robe, I can get well. The moment she did it, the flow of blood dried up. She could feel the change and knew her plague was over and done with. You might be going through some situations, some circumstances that you have gone everywhere looking for solution. But just like this woman applied faith, Jesus is 
available. He's in you with all that you need. All you need to do is stretch out in faith and stand and appropriate what has been given unto you. Verse 30 says, at that same moment, Jesus felt energy discharging from him. He turned around to, around to the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said, what are you talking about? <laughs> With this crowd pushing and jostling you, you're asking, who touched my robe? Dozens have touched you, duh, <laughs> you know? But he went on asking, looking around to see what had, who had done it. The woman, knowing what had happened, knowing she was the one, stepped up in fear and trembling, knelt before him and gave him the whole story. You know, this month is a month of grace where we're supposed to be spiritually minded. The apostles or the disciples were not spiritually minded, but Jesus knew something had happened. He knew virtue had left him. He knew there was a contact, eternal life that was awoke him, had manifested something, and he knew it had happened. The same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead, that same eternal life is at work in us, causing miracles and signs and wonders through us. Verse 34, Jesus said to her, daughter, you took a risk of faith and now you are healed and whole. Live well, live blessed, be healed of your plague. Praise God. While he was still talking, some people came from the leader's house and told him, your daughter is dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Jesus overheard what they, they were talking about and said to the leader, don't listen to them. Just trust me. You know, this is so significant. What are you listening to? Are you listening to the news every day? Telling you, showing the statistics of how many people are dying from the COVID-19. What are you listening to? Guard your heart with all diligence. And even if you are listening, you know, take your mind away from what you're hearing and listen to what God is saying. Verse 37, he permitted no one to go in with him except Peter, James, and John. They entered the leader's house and pushed their way through the gossips, looking for a story and neighbors bringing in casseroles. Jesus was abrupt. Why all this busybody grief and gossip? This child isn't dead. She's sleeping. You know, Jesus still being spiritually minded. Provoked to sarcasm, they, took, they told him he didn't know what he was talking about. But when he sent them all out, he took the child's father and mother along with his companions, entered the child's room. He clapped the girl's hands and said, Talita kum, which means little girl, get up. At that, she was up and walking around. Praise God. This girl was 12 years of age. They, of course, were all beside themselves with joy. He gave them strict orders that no one was to know what had taken place in that room. Then he said, give her something to eat. And it's, it's so, it's so um, significant here, knowing that most times before Jesus performed the miracles, sometimes they'll say he took the blind man out of the city, away from all the crowd. Jesus had to operate in a place of faith. He had to bring his, his disciples, his trusted disciples who had the same kind of faith and mindset with him into the room. He had to take away all the negativities, all the gossipers. So for you, for those things you want to manifest, Pastor usually says, go into your room, lock the door, and begin to declare, begin to wage your war of prophecy. Find your way away from that negative area and environment, negative people that are saying things that it won't come to pass, things are impossible. Find yourself in the place of faith, in the place of belief, and begin to declare God's word. 
and you see it manifest in your life in Jesus' name. Thank you for this wonderful opportunity. And now I'll hand over to the next speaker, Brother John, to handle the Old Testament Bible reading. Thank you so much, everybody. Have a blessed, blessed, blessed day. Is Brother John in the room? No, I don't think he's not connected right now. Okay, should I continue the, the book of Leviticus? Oh. Okay. Um, All right. Okay, let me start the other. So the we're, first jumping, one. we're jumping into the Old Testament. Old Testament from verse 21, chapter 21, which we didn't take yesterday. All right. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Leviticus 21, which was the chapter we didn't take yesterday, says, God spoke to Moses, speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, tell them a priest must not ritually contaminate himself by touching the dead except for close relatives, mother, father, son, daughter, brother, or an unmarried sister who is dependent on him since she has no husband. For these, he may make himself ritually unclean, but he must not contaminate himself with the dead who are only related to him by marriage and thus profane himself. Priests must not shave their heads or trim their beards or gash their bodies, but must be holy to their God and must not profane the name of their God because their job is to be, is to present the gifts of God, the food of their God, they are to be holy. Seven, because a priest is holy to his God, he must not marry a woman who has been a harlot or a cult prostitute or a divorced woman. Make sure he is holy because he serves the food of our God. Treat him, treat him as holy because I, God, who make you holy, am holy. If a priest's daughter defiles herself in prostitution, she disgraces her father. She must be burned at the stake. Wow. The high priest, the one among his brothers, who has received the anointing oil poured on his head and been ordained to wear the priestly vestments must not let his hair go wild and tangled, nor wear ragged and torn clothes. Let me take that again. The high priest, the one among his brothers who has received the anointing oil poured on his head and has been ordained to wear the priestly vestments must not let his hair go wild and tangled, nor wear ragged and torn clothes. He must not enter a room where there is a dead body. He must not ritually contaminate himself, even for his father or mother, 
and he must neither abandon nor desecrate the sanctuary of his God because of the dedication of the anointing oil which is upon him. I am God. Now, this verse is very instructive. He is to marry a young virgin, not a widow, not a divorcee, not a cult prostitute. He is only to marry a virgin from his own people. He must not defile his descendants among his people because I am God who makes him holy. God spoke to Moses, tell Aaron, none of your descendants in any generation to come who has a defect of any kind may present as an offering the food of his God. That means anyone who is blind or lame, disfigured or, dis or deformed, crippled in foot or hand, hunched back or drafted, who has anything wrong with his eyes, who has running sores or damaged testicles, no descendant of Aaron, Aaron the priest, who has any defect, is to offer gifts to God. He has a defect and so must not offer the food of his God. He may eat the food of his God, but the most holy, but the most holy and the holy, but because of his defect, he must not go near the curtain or approach the altar. It must, it would desecrate my sanctuary. I am God who make them holy. Moses delivered this message to Aaron, his sons, and to all the people of Israel. Praise God. 22. God spoke to Aaron and his sons. Chapter 22. God spoke to Moses. Tell Aaron and his Praise God. God spoke to Moses. Tell Aaron and his sons to treat the holy offerings that the Israelites consecrate to me with reverence so they won't desecrate my holy name. I am God. Tell them from now on, if any of your descendants approach, approaches in a state of ritually unclean, the holy offerings that the Israelites consecrate to God, he will be cut off from my presence. I am God. That literally means he'll be put to death. Each and every one of Aaron's descendants who has an infectious skin disease or a discharge may not eat any of the holy offerings until he is clean. Also, if he touches anything defiled by a corpse or has an emission of semen, or is contaminated by touching a crawling creature or touches a person who is contaminated by whatever reason. A person who touches any such thing will be ritually unclean until evening and may not eat any of the holy offerings unless he has washed well with water. After the sun goes down, he is clean and may go ahead and eat the holy offerings. They are his food but he must not contaminate himself by eating anything found dead or torn by wild animals. I am God. The priests must observe my instructions lest they become guilty and die by treating the offerings with irreverence. I am God who makes them holy. So that's an instructions about the offerings. The offerings must not be defiled. No lay person may eat anything set apart as holy. Nor may a priest's guests 
or his hired hand eat anything holy. But if a priest buys a slave, the slave may eat of it. Also the slaves born in his house may eat his food. If a priest's daughter marries a lay person, she may no longer eat from the holy contributions. But if the priest's daughter is widowed or divorced and without children and returns to her father's household as before, she may eat of her father's food, but no lay person may eat of it. Praise God. This is um, really very interesting. The priest's daughter that decides to marry a lay person can no longer partake of the things from the priest's house. If anyone eats from a holy offering accidentally, he must give back the holy offering to the priest and add 20% to it. <laughs> wow. The priest must not treat with irreverence the holy offerings of the Israelites that they contribute to God, lest they desecrate themselves and make themselves guilty when they eat the holy offerings. I am God who makes them holy. God spoke to Moses. Tell Aaron and his sons and all the people of Israel, each and every one of you, whether native born or foreigner, who presents a whole burnt offering to God to fulfill a vow or as a free will offering, must make sure that it is a male without defect from cattle, sheep, or goats, for it is to be for it to be acceptable. Don't try sleeping in some creature that has a defect it won't be accepted. Whenever anyone brings an offering from cattle or sheep as a peace offering to God to fulfill a vow or as a free will offering, it has to be perfect without defect to be acceptable. Don't try giving God an animal that is blind, crippled, mutilated, an animal with running sores, a rash or damage. Okay, don't place any of these on the altar as a gift to God. You may, you may though offer an ox or sheep. You may though offer an ox or sheep that is deformed or stunned as a free will or stunted as a free will offering, but it is not acceptable in fulfilling a vow. Don't offer to God an animal with bruised, crushed, torn, or cut off testicles. Don't do this in your own land, but don't accept them from foreigners and present them as food for your God either. Because of deformities and defects, they will not be acceptable. God spoke to Moses, when a calf or lamb or goat is born, it is to stay with its mother for seven days. After the eight days, it is acceptable as an offering, a gift to God. Don't slaughter both a cow or iwi and its young one on the same day. When you sacrifice a thanksgiving offering to God, do it right so it will be acceptable. Eat it on the same day. Don't leave any leftovers until morning. I am God. Do what I tell you. Leave what I tell you 
I am God. Don't desecrate my holy name. I insist on being treated with holy reverence among the people of Israel. I am God who makes you holy and brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you so much, Pastor Debbie. Thank you for standing in for Brother John for the Bible reading for today. So we'll move over immediately to chapter 23, which is um, the second of the two chapters that we're supposed to be reading today. And the Lord was talking to the children of Israel about the feast. God spoke to Moses, tell the people of Israel, these are my appointed feasts. The appointed feast of God, which you are to decree as sacred assemblies, walk six days, the seventh day is a Sabbath, a day of total and complete rest, a sacred assembly. Don't do any work. Wherever you live, it is a Sabbath to God. These are the appointed feast of God, the sacred assemblies, which you are to announce at the time set for them. Verse five, God's Passover, beginning at the sundown of the 14th day of the first month, God's feast of unraised bread on the 15th day of the same month. You are to eat unraised bread for seven days. Hold a sacred assembly on the first day. Don't do any regular work. Offer fire gifts to God for seven days. Only the seventh day hold a sacred assembly. On the seventh day, hold a sacred assembly. Don't do any regular work. Verse nine, God spoke to Moses. Tell the people of Israel, When you arrive at the land that I am giving you and reap its harvest, bring to the priest the sheaf of the first grain that you harvest. He will wave the sheaf before God for acceptance on your behalf. On the morning after Sabbath, the priest will wave it. On the same day that you wave the sheaf of a year-old male lamb, without defect for a whole bond offering to God, and with it the grain offering of four cuts of fine flour mixed with oil, a fat gift to God, a pleasing fragrance, and also a drink offering of a cart of wine. Don't eat any bread or roasted or fresh grain until you have presented this offering to your God. This is a perpetual decree for all your generations to come wherever you live. Verse 15, count seven full weeks from the morning after the Sabbath when you brought the sheaf as a wave offering, 50 days until the morning of the seventh Sabbath. Then present a new grain offering to God. Bring from wherever you are living two loaves of bread, made from four cuts of fine or fine flour and baked with yeast as a weave offering of the first ripe grain to God. In accord, in addition to the bread, offer seven yearling male lambs without defect, plus one bull and two rams. They will be a whole bond offering to God together with their grain offerings and drink offerings. Offer as fire gifts, a pleasing fragrance to God. Offer one meal good for an absolution offering and two yelling lambs for a peace offering. The priest will wave the two lambs before God as a wave offering together with the bread of the first tribe grain. They are sacred offerings to God for the priest. Proclaim the day as a sacred assembly. Don't do any ordinary work. It is a perpetual decree wherever you live down through your generations. When you reap the harvest of your land, don't reap the corners of your field or gather the gleanings. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners. I am God, your God. 
Verse 23, God said to Moses, tell the people of Israel on the first day of the seventh month, set aside a day of rest, a sacred assembly, mark it with loud blast on the ram's horn, don't do any ordinary work, offer a fire gift to God. God said to Moses, verse 26, the tenth day of the seventh month is a day of atonement. Hold a sacred assembly, fast and offer a fire gift to God. Don't walk on that day because it's a day of atonement to make atonement for you before God, before your God. Anyone who doesn't fast on that day must be cut off from his people. I will destroy from among his people anyone who walks on that day. Don't do any work that day, none. This is a perpetual decree for all, gener all the generations to come, wherever you happen to be living. It is a Sabbath of complete and total rest, a fast day. Observe your Sabbath from the evening of the ninth day of the month until the following evening. Then said, God said to Moses, tell the people of Israel, God's feast of both begins on the 15th day of the seventh month. It lasts seven days. The first day is a sacred assembly. Don't do any regular work. Offer fire gifts to God for seven days. On the eighth day, hold a sacred assembly and offer a gift to God. It is solemn convocation. Don't do any regular work. Verse 37, these are the appointed feasts of God, which you will decree as sacred assemblies for presenting fire gifts to God. The whole burnt offerings, grain offerings, sacrifices, and drink offerings assigned to each day. These are in addition to offerings for God's Sabbath and also in addition to other gifts connected with whatever you have vowed and all the free will offerings you give to God. So summing up, on the 15th day of the seventh month after you have brought your crops in from your fields, celebrate the feast of God for seven days. The first day is a complete rest and the eighth day is a complete rest. On the first day, pick the best fruit from the best trees Take fronds of palm trees and branches of leafy trees and from willows by the brook and celebrate in the presence of your God for seven days. Yes, for seven full days, celebrate it as a festival to God. Every year from now on, celebrate it in the seventh month. Live in boats for seven days. Every son and daughter of Israel is to move into boats so that your descendants will know that I made the people of Israel live in boats. When I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I am God, your God. Moses posted a calendar for the annual appointed feast of God, which Israel was to celebrate. Um, I think that the, 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 the summation of this whole um, feast and everything that the Spirit of God was, that the Lord was instructing the children of Israel at this time for us and in our day, um, what are the what are the feasts for us? What are the what are the days that God has appointed that we should show up for Him? What are the days that He's asked for us to dedicate unto Him? For instance, you're in a ministry, for instance, like Christ Embassy. We have events, annual events. We have the IPPC when we have the International Pastors and Partners Conference. We have the International Cell Leaders Conference. We have the Ministerial Bible, Bible, Bible Training Courses for um, 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 co church coordinators, church pastors, and all of that. We have um, um, zonal programs within our zones. We have, we have the cell ministry that everyone is supposed to be a part of. You know, these are, these are, these are our meetings. These are our, our feast unto God. And if you notice, there was no one that day was to show up without an offering. 
you know, so in all of these meetings, he's telling you that, and he was saying that it, at different times, he said that the one that would not participate in the feast, in the celebration, he said that one will be cut off. So it just tells you that take all of the meetings that you are supposed to be seriously. Take the celebration seriously. Take the program seriously. You know, that's it for us in our own time. We may not celebrate all of those feasts as they labeled and then bringing all the fire gifts, all the grain offerings and all of that. But we have several offerings that we can offer. There's the daily offering of our fellowship. What you're doing here every day is an offering of your devotion, an offering of your fellowship with the Lord. There's the praise, the times of praise that you must have where you worship God. It talks, it talks, calls it the sacrifice of praise. There's a lifting of your hands. From time to time within the day, lift up your hands and just give him praise. Thank him for who he is. There's the offering, the monetary offering that you must give. You are part of a ministry. When you attend service and you're blessed with the word of God, give an offering. God always told the children of Israel never to show up before him without an offering. You know, so all of these things are there. And he said, said for us not to forsake the gathering of unbelievers, the gathering of other believers. This is Hebrews 10 and verse 25. He said, as the culture of some is, and when he was talking, he wasn't talking about unbelievers. He wasn't talking about people who were not born again. He was talking about Christians. That means there are Christians who forsake the gatherings of other believers. There are Christians who will say, I don't want to go to church for this reason and that reason. He says, don't behave like them. When you should be in church, be in church. When you should be at a program that is happening, be there. Participate. Never be found wanting in all of the feasts, in all of the programs that as a ministry you are about. And if you're not in Christ's embassy, you're following a man of God who is teaching you the word of God as it is, because as you study, you would know if the one that you are following is teaching you the word of God as it is. Be part of what is happening in your ministry. Be involved. Give your best. Praise God. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you once again, Pastor Deborah and Brother Jose, for the times of Bible reading. Over to you, Brother Martins, for the Pauline affirmation. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much, Esther, for this great opportunity. I'm taking our Pauline affirmation this morning. And in our usual way, we take our affirmations. You start with your name. Your name is, you say your name. You take the affirmation. The first um, paragraph, I have the spirit of wisdom. You say your name again. You say I, you say your name. I'm granted according to the glory. The top paragraph, your name, my love abounds according to more and more. At this moment, I'll ask everyone to unmute, kindly unmute yourself. And at the count of three, we take our from this. Four, two, three. 
Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. I, I remember the testimony that uh, someone posted on the Telegram group, and she was saying that um, since she started saying this Pauline affirmation, that as a leader, she used to be angry. She used to get offended, easily get offended. But that now, you know, every day was saying that I am sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. And she said that she's seen her life actually turn around. And the things that would have offended her before no longer offends, offends her. You know, so um, these affirmations, it's exactly as we read in today's Rhapsody devotional. You say it, it's what you have it. You know, so every day as we say these things, these become our experience, our day-to-day -day experience. At this moment, we're taking the communion and I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. Please get your communion materials ready. For I receive of the Lord, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take it, this is my body, which is broken for you, this doing remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every day that we hear your word, every day that we read the Bible, every day that you minister to us, Lord, we're grateful. 
We're grateful, we're grateful. Thank you for your unconditional love. Thank you for the abundance of blessings, for the abundance of grace that you bestowed upon us. Thank you for raising us to soar on eagle's wings. Thank you for raising us to be giants in this world, spiritual and financial giants. Thank you for every word of prophecy that's gone ahead of us. Even today we declare everything that you've planned that we might be having to we are we have and we do by the power of the holy ghost and the ministry of angels in jesus precious name amen you can break the bread and eat it and in verse 25 after the same manner also he took the cup when he had sucked saying this cup is the new testament in my blood these two years after you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you just show the Lord's death till he come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You died for a reason. You were buried for a reason. You resurrected for a reason. You ascended for a reason. You were glorified for a reason. And that reason was me. That reason was everyone in this group. Oh, Balakosa Katabaya. Thank you for the fulfillment of that reason in our lives. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, indeed we'll make Solomon look poor. Indeed we'll do greater exploits than all the men of the Old Testament put together. Five billion souls a reality because you have us. The funds will go in, the people will be raised. We will do cell ministry. We will win souls. We will raise people. Today's communion, as we take this cup, is an affirmation of our commitment. It's a seal of our commitment that we're committed to those gospel till the rapture, that we'll win souls till the rapture, that we'll build men till the rapture. Thank you for grace, for leadership, absolute and unique kind of leadership, leadership that transforms lives. Thank you, Lord. You can trust us and you can count on us. Thank you. We receive grace for soul winning today. Grace for our families today. Grace for our finances today. Grace for our work today. Grace for our businesses today. Yes, abundance of grace for every area of our lives by the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I'd like to say thank you so much to all of the co-hosts. You are all amazing. And thank you for daily blessing us with the investments of your personality in the word of God over the years. Thank you, everyone, for showing up. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for giving attention to the word of God. And my prayer for you is that the word of God will always produce in you what that which it talks about. You will never be found in one thing. And when the day of evil shows up, you would win. You would win. You will not fail. You will not carve. Your strength shall not be said to be small. Because every day that you showed up here, your faith was built up. Your strength was built up. You will not fail. You will not fail. There's someone here, you're actually going through that evil day at this time. Do not give up. Do not lose hope. It seems overwhelming. It seems tough. But you will win. You would win. Keep giving attention to the word. The word is your victory. Your faith in that word. So do not car, do not fear. Keep affirming the word. Keep listening to the word. You would certainly return with the testimony 
congratulations, everyone. God bless you. At this moment, let's all meet as we share the benediction. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, us now evermore. Amen. Hi everyone, enjoy the rest of the I'm alive. I'm alive.